Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 13, Animal Pragmatism. What a terrible title. Honestly, that's a it's kind of a home run as, as far as, you know, charmed titles go. Okay, if we're grading on a curve, sure. It's just the pragmatism part is, is meaningless. It's like they didn't want it to be animal magnetism. They wanted it to be a pun on animal magnetism, but... It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's like that movie, Made of Honor. Yeah. We're, we're made as an M-A-D-E. And that makes no sense. No, he's a man, so he's made of honor, as That's... men are. No. This episode was written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin. We've seen them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Don Kurt, who is an executive producer, and that seems to be what he does mostly he has hardly any directing credits and this is the only charmed episode he does weird yeah this is honestly a pretty solid episode of charmed like i feel like not having an arc is kind of working for the show in that we keep getting these uh, last episode too these pretty solid one-offs I, yeah, I wish Charmed was more of this. It really kind of worked. Yeah, it's goofy, which fun. Honestly, the main drag of this is the continuing story, which is just, was anyone invested in Neighbor Dan? Did anyone like Neighbor Dan? I don't know if it's just because uh, you you didn't really have much experience with the show until after it was pretty much over, right? Yeah, I didn't start watching it until... I needed something to watch after I had watched all of Buffy, so it had been over for a while. Yeah, I already, uh, when, when I started watching, it was already pro, uh, post-Prue dying. Mm-hmm. Like, it was still on the air. I, I think I started watching around when the fifth season was on, but TBS was showing uh, Charmed reruns all the time, so I got caught up on the series pretty quickly. Sure, sure. But, like, I have a hard time imagining anyone was on dan's team in this you don't think there was like team dan team leo shirts yeah you don't think uh anybody was i was trying to figure out what their couple name would be and it's diaper no one was (laughs) no one was team diaper oh man (laughs) (laughs) buy your hashtag team diaper shirts at welcome to television.net yes but no, this episode's like really fun. It's like a witchy one-off episode. We're not dealing with any, honestly, not really a serious threat. Yeah. Like they're a serious threat to, I suppose. Those girls that we've never met before and we'll never see again. Yeah. But, you know, this is a pretty low stakes episode, which I feel like helps it a lot. Yeah. I think there are no blonde women, so nobody is evil or threatened. <laughs> That's how you do an episode of Charmed, no blonde women. I'm trying to think that the trio of, of not Charmed girls, I, I don't think any of them are blonde. No, I think one has kind of red hair. Like... Yeah, I think there's a redhead. I think there is someone who is brunette and someone with black hair. Yeah. Well, should we talk about the episode? Should yeah. we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's jump right into it. So, uh... I was wrong about, I mean, 
granted we are early in phoebe's career but i was wrong about phoebe never actually going to class in this show she is in class she's being lectured by god i don't want to i don't want to say a professor walsh type and i know this is just a staple of this kind of genre of show but Wow, it's interesting how the professor's talking about themes that might come up later in the episode, right? Okay, so he's like a kind of generic hippie professor, like, whatever. And yes, oh my god, I was so thinking about that, how, you know, there'll be an episode where the kids are talking about Romeo and Juliet, and then the theme of the episode will be star-crossed lovers. Oh, by the way, this is the Valentine's Day episode. It aired February 10th. Ah, wow, we're not super far off it's it's like a month oh yeah that's so funny time has lost all meaning in the real world i wasn't even thinking about that but my point is it's not like oh the book we're talking about is 1984 and the theme of this episode is the surveillance state no he's like you know what Animals like to fuck. Yeah. They're real into fucking. Yeah, this is the animals fuck class in college. And while he's giving this speech, Phoebe is just, like, making serious eyes at this other guy in this class. And she hears these three girls. You know what? I was wrong. One of them is blonde. They're not super memorable. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, she hears the three girls talking behind her, and she turns around to be like, Hey, my study group? How come you guys are laughing without me? Like, thank you for that exposition, Phoebe. Thank you for letting us know that these girls that we've never seen before and will never see again are very important to you. She and those girls are all very lucky that the professor is too distracted talking about animal dong to realize that some of his students are having a very loud conversation in the middle of his class. They're being so rude. So rude. I get why the guy who Phoebe's hitting on is honked off at her. Or at least standoffish. Well, I think he's intimidated as well. I mean, she is an older woman. In season one, she was just barely old enough to drink in the episode with their dad. Yeah, so I think he's probably 18, and she's like 21, so. Yeah. Yes, an older woman. I just, I'm sorry, I'm so hung up on the whole thing with, oh, this is my super important to me study group. It's a decade since I graduated, and I still feel really close to my study group. Hmm. Like, that's a bond. Never see these women ever again. It doesn't matter. The girls aren't allowed to have friendships with anyone who's not related to them. Or, you know, a romantic interest. Yeah, and then only if they get married and you don't kill them and send them to hell. Mm. Or if you're Billy. I guess Billy gets to exist in the last season. Does she, though? (laughs) We'll get to Billy eventually. So it turns out that the girls were laughing about a book of love spells that they picked up. And it's like one of those books that they have at the checkout line at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, like the impulse buy books. It's got like one of those fuzzy covers and it's like, you know, Valentine's Day themed, right? Clearly it was like on a Valentine's Day end cap. It's something you get either for or from a kooky aunt. Yes. And Phoebe, being Phoebe, is like, 
these spells are terribly written. Let me tell you how it should go. And then she like rewrites the spell. Okay, I do like this. This is, I feel like, trying to be at least a running thing in the second season where Phoebe did her witch homework. She's good at witch stuff. We saw that in the uh, episode where, you know, you have to prick uh, warlock's fingers. Uh-huh. Which she had this whole like system for figuring out who's a warlock. You know what? You're right. I wasn't giving this show enough credit. We do get some good continuity with Phoebe also being the one who usually writes the spells when they're doing original spells. And here, at least, I don't know if this will continue, but she talks about there being a required structure to spells. So... First, you talk about what's lacking, and then you talk about what you're trying to envision. Oh, Lord, does the show not stick to this at any point? Sure. But they needed a thing to say, right? So the spell is written like, I need a man because I'm super horny. And Phoebe's like, um, excuse me, the spell should be, I am super horny. I need a man. So she, uh, jiggers the spell. And she uh, says it out loud for them, helpfully. Yes, this will be important later. Which, I think I would be really careful about rhyming if I was her, just in general. She is being really flippant, considering we just praised her understanding of how magic works. Maybe, uh, maybe she misses Aviva. Yes. She wants a witch group outside of her sisters. She... She needs that, and she's the one who usually seeks it out, right? She's the one who was seeking out... Yeah, in the Barbus episode, she's the one who brought Prue to that magic shop where that lady got killed. Ugh. I hate that this show doesn't let them have a, a witch community. I Okay, so the Dresden Files are weak in a lot of ways. The book or the TV show? The book. Or books. The books. The TV show also is weak in a lot of different ways, but we probably are going to have to watch it at some point mm. just because Claudia Black is in it. Ah. Yeah. Isn't the main character guy someone, I feel like, I might have seen him as a supporting character in something else and I googled him and that's where he was from. Because I'm like, it wasn't Johnny Lee Miller. And then I was like, no, it was not Johnny Lee Miller. That's who I'm picturing though too. I know yeah. that's not right, but that's who I'm picturing. Well, we just need to pause this podcast so I could find out. See, I I read a couple of the Dresden books, but I couldn't get really into them because uh, I feel like this is an overused term, but the main character, and I know we've talked about this before on some podcast or another, but the main character is such a Mary Sue. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I'm sure Jim Butcher is a perfectly lovely person, but like his author picture on the back of the book was like him dressed like Harry Dresden. And I'm like, "Ah, maybe don't do that. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. They're incredibly popular books. He can do whatever he wants. He's probably, I was going to say, rolling in that. uh... Yeah, probably not so much. Uh, So Dresden, Harry Dresden was played by Paul Blackthorne, who you were probably looking up because he showed up in Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does have he does have a discount Johnny Lee Miller kind of look. Mm. Oh, and speaking of, I noticed that if Johnny Lee Miller and Mark Strong got in some sort of transporter accident. Oh, yeah, like the fly. Yeah. I did notice by the way cuz we're rewatching Elementary or I'm rewatching it, you're watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of like 
nerd Easter egg names. Like, one episode has a security company. It's called Casterly Rock Security. And there's an episode where one of the characters is named Harold Dresden. And it's just like... Anyway, my point was in the books, which I read a lot of, but I kind of... I mean... But after a while, I don't know, it just felt like once it became a continuing story, in the third book, it starts to become a continuing story. And I feel like it got good and I got really sucked in. But then at some point, it just felt like it was wheel spinning and I kind of gave up. I might pick up, I'm like three books behind now, I might pick them up at some time and like catch up. But what I was going to say is there is a whole community in those novels of practitioners who are not like wizard level powerful but have little bits of magic and harry like works with them he works with the people who are you know wiccans who can kind of make you feel a little bit healthier and things like that Mm. and you know i feel like charmed could have used that charmed could use a magical community group i feel like the sequel series kind of tries to or the reboot kind of tries to do that a little bit but the reboot has so so many issues it's one of those things that i know i've mentioned it every time we bring up the reboot i wanted to like it so much but uh, it was not to be sadly i stopped reading the uh i only read a few i didn't start with the first one i read like three and the one i stopped at was when he takes on that night guy's daughter as an apprentice and then he tells her molly yeah and he he tells her that she can't masturbate and i'm like okay this is weird i'm 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 out i'm out yeah gender stuff in it is not great i I don't want to get into all the things that give me issues with the harry dresden books because it'll start to feel like really mean-spirited so is the cop lady like actually an angel or something or was that angel vision thing just because he wants to have sex with her uh, it's not that she's an angel it's that she's like a good and worthy soul so she is worthy of carrying one of the weapons of god swords hmm. she's she's she could she could wield molnir okay so this isn't like a weird peter david supergirl thing where she becomes an angel later. No. Well, unless that happened in one of, one of the books I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. So. By the no- way, really don't read Peter David's Supergirl book. It, it It's like all about religion and it's not good. Okay, as long as you brought up Murphy the cop though. Yes. I am going to throw out there that... I am convinced, because she's like a small petite blonde cop. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that she is named Murphy because Jim Butcher had in his head the image of the cop, the, the partner in RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Leaning over him and saying, Murphy, is that you? Like, kind of over and over again when he's trying to remember who he is. Murphy, is that you? And I feel like that was lodged in Jim Butcher's subconscious. So when he wrote that character, he was like, I will call her murphy because that's the word i hear when i think about this small blonde cop would not put him past him one of the books i read was like someone at a horror convention is bringing horror icons to life as an excuse for jim butcher to have you know harry dresden fight a xenomorph okay in my opinion that's one of the weaker books 
I was not lavishing praise upon it by mentioning it. No, no, but I mean, like, if, if I was going to be trying to get you into the Dresden Files, that would not be the book I would start with. Also, I wouldn't... I Like I said, there's a continuing story, so... Hmm. And, like I said, I feel like I'm coming off really mean about the Dresden Files. I was going through my costume box looking for something this morning, and I found my Susan Rodriguez costume. So I don't want to be like, oh no, they're terrible, and I definitely don't like anything about them. I don't think they're bad or anything, I just... I'm very aware that I'm not the audience for them, mm-hmm. even though I'm very close to being the audience You're like for them. Almost the audience for them. They're too aggressively hetero for me. Okay, look, as long as we're having this conversation, I may as well say it. One of the reasons I haven't been able to read the Dresden Files lately is that my first husband is like smack dab in the sweet spot of the audience for those books. So it kind of makes it hard for me to go back and revisit them without, you know, baggage. I'm going to say baggage. Is this why I have is is this why we haven't watched Andromeda recently? Okay, the only reason we ever watched Andromeda was because it was like I was trying to compromise with him. Like, Andromeda is a trash show. Unless you really, really want to watch it, we will never watch it again in our lives. I, I think I'm good. I I did enjoy watching it as a goofing on show. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I, again, like, if if you like Andromeda, it's fine. We're not, we're not judging your tastes. It's... We're doing a Charmed podcast. We are judging no one's taste. <laughs> But, uh... But it's not for me. Yeah, and... It's... It's... Very Kevin Sorbo-y. Charmed. So... So, Phoebe gives flyers for P3 to her study group and to the guy that she thinks is cute that she was making eyes with because P3 is doing a big Valentine's Day night because... It's a nightclub, and that's what nightclubs do, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I guess they sense. probably got, do. Yeah, you see flyers for, you know, DJ whatever at, you know, wherever. We've been in lockdown for over a year. I, I forget what happens outside <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> Oof. So, we go to later that night when the three girls who are apparently Phoebe's study group are attempting to turn three animals they have borrowed into men to have sex with. Okay. Which does not seem like it's what the spell is for. Well, no, I mean, it is. It's to transform something into a love object. I I just, I feel like that wouldn't get put in a mass-published book. I had my fair share of, you know... Barnes and Noble spell books back in the day, and they tend to be vague things, so you can't tell if it doesn't work. Yeah, I think there might even still be some in boxes around here, but yeah, no. This, you know what, I'm gonna go with it, because whatever, but you're right, this would not be in the book. Especially, clearly there were also instructions for the casting, because they drew a pentagram on the ground, and they, like, have candles, and they gathered the animals up. Okay, so the animals they chose to turn into love objects are a pig, mm-hmm. a rabbit, mm-hmm. and a snake. Okay, I at least kind of get the logic for the first two. The pig and the rabbit? Yeah. Not the snake? 
Because I, I feel like we're, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. King shame. No, no, I, I don't want to like call you out here. But when we were watching it, you were like, oh yeah, because of the tongue. <laughs> yes, that was, but that's like the only reason I would think that one would choose a snake for the animal you're going to turn into a dude. Yeah, and as we'll see, snake was a massive mistake. So, I mean, honestly, I don't think any of these animals would be... Fabulous lovers. Uh, I was going to say top picks for being turned into a temporary human sex object. I, I don't feel like I would want any animal to be... I, I The... The ickiness factor is already so huge. And here's the thing about this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like the appropriate thing to do in this episode would be for all of the stuff that goes wrong to start going wrong almost immediately so that the girls never actually have sex with the animals. Except the show makes it very explicit that one of the girls has lots and lots of sex with the rabbit guy before everything goes wrong. So, Mm. the ick factor is big, is what I'm saying. It's, it's, It's not what you want. There's so many consent issues with this. My god. I mean... They, they end up doing the love spell thing, like, a couple more times. I don't remember if they actually create a guy both times. They definitely just create a sex object for Piper at one point. I remember that. I think they do it again with Paige when she shows up, don't they? I think they might. Like, I'm pretty sure this is something that comes into play a couple of times, which... Love spells are basically just always rife with consent issues. It's... They're always kind of icky, unless that's what you're addressing. I mean, it doesn't particularly... Just... The fact that you're creating a person to use for sex... Like... Okay... I, I guess there are probably ways you could do it, like, if they're, I don't know, like, a robot that you're puppeteering. Okay, so I actually am going to go with something that I saw from one of my friends posting online about the ethics of sex robots. Alright. Okay. Either the robot has advanced enough AI that it's sentient and capable of giving consent, mm-hmm. in which case it can give consent and you're in the clear, or it does not have sufficient sentience, in which case it is an object and you're in the clear. I guess. I mean, I don't know. This just feels like maybe don't use magic to create sex objects. Well, yeah. <laughs> In an ideal world. (laughs) Although, I have to say, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering about the ethics of using the holodeck because Moriarty becomes sentient, which means holodeck creations are capable of gaining sentience. Honestly, considering the fact that we know that holodeck creations are capable of being granted sentience, is it ethical to create anything in the holodeck without giving it sentience? I mean, Star Trek is a universe where 
you know, people are okay with being murdered if it means traveling slightly faster, so, like. Okay, but we live in a world where people are okay with getting murdered so that they can get out to restaurants. No, I'm not saying we're in, like, a position to judge them. I'm just saying I'm sure they don't care about holodeck people. Mm, that's a shame. Okay, as long as we're taking a pause from what actually happens in the episode, I want to address a thing. All right. So, as I mentioned, the study group girls have drawn a pentagram and they've placed candles and they gathered together three animals to place in the pentagram to try to turn into human men to have sex with. And they're like, oh, it's just a goof. We're just fooled around. It's just a funny little jokey Valentine's Day thing. Also, no. it's midnight right now. Yes. Also, it's midnight. No. No, you have done too much work. You are not just joking around. No. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a goof. We didn't actually think the animals would turn into humans. That would be silly. We just gathered them all together and put them here as a joke. She had to borrow a pig. They put the pig... And the rabbit and the snake all in the same circle. I feel like they had to keep an eye on that snake, too. Especially since it's apparently poisonous. Yes! Yes! No. Venomous? Venomous. 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 Anyway, the spell doesn't work because of course it doesn't. But then one of the girls was like, oh, wait. Didn't Phoebe tell us that we had to do it differently? Let me pull out my tape recorder that I was recording the class with and play back Phoebe's voice doing the spell. Okay, so I do like this because on one hand, I didn't remember this was part of it. So it was like, it does kind of imply that anyone can do magic with the right ritual, which I like. But I do like them being like, no, this isn't the rules of this universe. Only people who, I guess, have witch blood can do magic. So the uh, having having her voice recorded is a neat little workaround. Mm-hmm. But really, it feels like that should come into play more, because I would just spend all of my time with, uh, like, all at least some of my free time with my two sisters recording Power of Three spells, just so that, you know. Yeah, that would be smart. And that way, if one of you, say, dies, then you'd still have the Power of Three spells, so you can just play. Huh. Yeah, that... Yeah. They should absolutely be doing that. Anyway, once she plays back the tape, the spell works, and the uh, the animals turn into three naked guys. If you like naked dudes, this is a good episode for you, because they're naked in a lot of it. They really are. This is like... This is a very fan service episode with the naked guys. Yeah. It's weird because Charmed is definitely a show... You know, made for, I'd say, mostly female audience. Mm-hmm. But the fan service all tends to skew pretty heavily male. Well, once Constance Emberge isn't there anymore, it gets kind of male gazy. But before that, I feel like we weren't getting as much cheesecake with the girls as with the charmed ones as we're going to get in later seasons. There aren't like entire episodes built around 
What Phoebe wearing nothing except glitter on her boobs for the whole episode or Oh, she's a she's a French stripper ghost. Oh, she's a mermaid. Oh, she's a nymph. They're all superheroes wearing totally tiny superhero outfits. They're all Greek goddesses whose god powers come from underboob. Back at the Hallowell Manor, it's morning, and Piper is giving Prue a really hard time about the fact that she's home. She's like, wow, you're home, and Phoebe is at school being productive. Jesus, Prue, why are you such a big unemployed loser, you giant unemployed loser? I mean, I, I get Prue's taking, like, a little break or whatever, but she's she's also part owner of P3. That's true. She could start doing more work there. I mean, her big thing is that right now she's trying to figure out what she wants to do before she goes and does it. Early 2000s, man. You can just quit your job all willy-nilly. You have a giant house that you... I mean, I guess they don't have to pay the mortgage because their families owned it for a really long time. Uh, no, because they took out a loan on the house to pay for P3, so they have a mortgage now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they talk a little bit about what's going on with Leo because you'll remember last episode he got his wings clipped, so now he's human and he's coming after Piper. He definitely wants to bang him some Piper. Okay, but the situation hasn't super changed. Like, yes, he has given up his celestialness to be with Piper, but he was also really clear that it's just a temporary thing and once he goes back to being a white lighter, can't they not date again? Okay. I feel like the situation has a thousand percent changed. Okay, he says it's probably a temporary thing, but he's an immortal. So temporary could mean until Piper dies he bec- and then he becomes a white lighter again. Or it could mean he is human again and when he dies he becomes a white lighter just like when he died the first time he became a white lighter. Mm. Or it could mean that, like, when Piper decides she's tired of him and dumps him, that's when he becomes a white lighter again. Like... The situation is so wide open now that there's no magical reason not to pursue a relationship. So things have totally changed. She only chose Dan over Leo because Leo was unavailable. And now here he is, totally available. It's... Bye-bye, neighbor Dan. You are not long for this world. And I am not team, you know, P.O., but... What, you don't like Liper? <laughs> no. No. But, like, I diaper is not long for this world, is what I'm saying. Better buy them hashtag team diaper shirts when you can. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, back in the dorm room, apparently these three study group girls all share one of those dorms that you get on tv where there's a common area with three separate bedrooms i don't know why i said dorms like you see on tv that's the kind of dorm i lived in in college (laughs) that was that was also the kind of dorm i had freshman year anyway the guys are running around naked it's been like eight hours because it's morning and i understand the rabbit guy because he had sex all night Mm. But nobody tried to get these other two guys to put some clothes on? Yeah, the girl with the pig definitely didn't have sex with him, and I don't think the snake girl had sex with the snake. Yeah, I don't think so. The girl with the pig just got frustrated because he ate all of their food. 
And the snake guy just sat in the corner being evil because snakes are evil. I don't get why. I mean, again, we talked about this before, but why a snake? Why a snake? I don't... They're not even mammals. Like, it it just fertilizes eggs. How would that be fun for you? You mean they're not body breeders? Is that what you mean to say? Yes. By the way, the snake guy and the rabbit guy are ripped, and the pig guy is not in super great shape. They're all fine. He well, He's supposed to be chunky, but it's TV, so, you know, it's, oh, he doesn't have a perfect six-pack. By the way, I love his acting so much. Okay, he is the highlight of this episode, because the snake guy is like, we've been given a gift. He doesn't, he's not doing the syllabin thing. I don't know why I'm doing it. Yes, I do, because it's awesome. He's like, we've been given a gift. We are no longer animals confined to cages. Now we are humans, and with our opposable thumbs, we should go kick everyone's ass. And the rabbit's like, okay, because apparently rabbits are evil too. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I totally buy rabbits being gigantic jackasses. Like, the reason we think they're cute is because they're small and covered with fur. One removed from that. <laughs> I have to say the cute one though is the pig who's just like boop de, boop boop boop. Like yeah. bouncing around behind them, falling along. Okay, the way he walks is freaking adorable. He's like bouncing down the hall. He's like boop boop boop. It's well, so cute. Well he's like he's walking like an old school cartoon pig. Yes! Like if you watch one of the old Disney like fairy tale shorts. He walks like that. He is, listen, listen, he is the highlight of this episode. It's one of those times where you're like, oh, you are better than everyone else in your scene. You are, you are bringing this episode to life. Well, he gets what they're aiming for. Like, the snake guy doesn't do any snake, you know, he's not, like, smoothing around all slithery or whatever. Yeah. The rabbit guy's not constantly twitching his nose. Like, come on, like, lean into it a little bit. Yes, I agree. And you know what? Some of this, I have to say, is probably on the director, who's only directed this one episode. Like, maybe he could have directed them to be more animalistic. So, the three animal guys beat up Phoebe's not-boyfriend and take his laundry, because he's just wandering around the, you know, dormitories with a basket full of laundry. Well, I assume he's coming up from the laundry room. Mm. Yeah, they take his laundry, because, you know, they realize that they need to cover their genitals, because everybody's staring at them with their uncovered genitals. It is really optimistic how much they think they can accomplish just because they have thumbs now. Well, and also they don't have that human weakness holding them back. They've got their animal nature, and now they've got thumbs. I mean, they just, like, throw Phoebe's boyfriend to the ground. They're like, yes, we are in charge now. Did you read that Neil Gaiman story, A Dream of Cats? It's like that, except a dream of a snake and a rabbit and a pig, except not really, the pig's just along for the ride. And then we get like a, I'm trying to think of a better way to say dick angle shot of the guy looking up at them. Yeah, yeah, it is a low, low angle shot. Yeah. Uh, and it's like just barely above crotch line. Yeah. We're, we're seeing from Phoebe's love interest point of view the guy's nakedly walking away with his laundry over him poor phoebe's love interest this is not a good episode for him does he show up in any other episodes i don't think so 
Oh, poor guy. He honestly does kind of look too young for her. So over at P3, Piper is getting set up for the Valentine's Day hullabaloo. Yes. And apparently Leo is there helping out and also is living at P3 because he's human now, but he doesn't have any identity, no social security number, no no job, no money. Well, he is working for the club under the table, apparently, and also sleeping there two illegal things that Mm. piper is doing but whatever it's fine yeah he doesn't exist how much trouble can she get in that's true so he uh he he gives her a garbage valentine well you know he wanted her to have something because it's valentine's day and he's in love with her and he's coming for her so you know yeah he was very clear i don't have my powers anymore which means i'm down to fuck He says, you know, I don't want to make things here awkward for you. And Piper's like, well, what's awkward? And he's like, um, the fact that I'm here and trying to bang you, even though you're still with neighbor Dan. She's like, who? Yeah. And then neighbor Dan comes in with like a giant bouquet of flowers. Remember that episode of Friends where Ross pees all over Rachel's desk so none of the men at her job will date her? Yes. Yeah. When he sends the... The terrible barbershop quartet to sing about how she has a boyfriend, so back off. Mm-hmm. He really is the worst. Yeah, Ross is Ross is terrible. I mean, I know I said that flippantly. Ross is literally the worst, but he he also has some of the funniest lines in the show. Uh, honest to God, the uh, the pile of garbage speech makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> And the, uh, the eagle versus baby. That, that, see, that's my favorite of all, in all of Friends. The, but not, here's the thing. I mean, his speech is great. His eagle versus baby speech. But it's Rachel's line at the end where she's like, if it turns out that's what actually happened, you're going to be really upset. <laughs> that's what kills it for me. That is a really good one. Please excuse our long digression into vague references to Friends jokes. But I don't really feel like Dan is marking his territory here because until this moment, he doesn't even really know that Leo's back until Leo pops up and is like, hey there, I I am here to steal your girl. If I thought of Dan as a person, I would feel bad for him because he's so clearly on his way out. And also he's right. Leo doesn't make any goddamn sense. What do you mean? Like... What, you mean, like, why is he hanging around? Who is he? Why doesn't he have an identity? Yeah, he was this guy who, uh, like, used to work as the sister's handyman, but also he was apparently tutoring a teenage boy in something involving a wand at their house. And, like, and then he disappeared for a while, and now he's back and he's not a handyman anymore, but he works and lives in p3 yeah and as dan points out last week when piper was in a coma she came out of the coma and said leo's name she woke up holding dan's hand and was like leo that's pretty damning i mean we know she said it because leo was on the other side bringing her back to life but Mm. pretty bad pretty bad so leo jealously watches uh piper and dan hug kiss yeah, they're they have like no chemistry. Yeah, they're both very attractive people, but it's like you know, 
It's two action figures getting clunked against one another. Yeah. Back at the house, Prue is just lounging around because, you know, she's unemployed right now. She's wearing these super cute polar bear fuzzy slippers, which I I guess that's what you do when you're unemployed. She's been not doing anything for about, I don't know, four hours and she's already nuts. She's, she's like, moving vases around on the, uh... Mantle? Yeah, on the mantelpiece. Yeah, she's using her telekinesis to redecorate. And, uh, luckily she gets a call from Phoebe. We do the thing that we haven't done in a long time where we do the phone transition, right? She gets the phone call from Phoebe, and Phoebe, we're gonna, and then we're gonna go into a Phoebe scene. Although she's calling to find out if any of her study group has called since apparently they all blew her off god poor poor phoebe okay okay so this is great this is probably the best part of the episode (laughs) phoebe sees that there's a food truck next to her that's selling hot dogs and the pig guy runs up and he's all excited for food and then he sees the giant cartoon pig and he flips out and he starts throwing the hot dogs in the air and he's like run free my brothers run free <laughs> it's amazing it's the greatest scene in this entire series okay that's probably too too much but it's amazing so meanwhile the rabbit guy is sexually assaulting a lady and no one's doing anything about it despite it happening in the middle of the day in public mm, yeah it's and- and th- this really does kind of throw into sharp relief how terrifying rabbits would be if they had the abilities of people. Yes. So Phoebe pushes him off her. Because she's got her kickboxing skills. Yeah, and she has a premonition of his snake buddy biting a girl. And he runs and she chases him and he... Le- he the rabbit guy. He the rabbit guy. And he leaps super high over a wall like he's on the bachelor and yeah remember that yeah and she's like wow that is magical i better go tell my sisters so meanwhile i love how awful phoebe and prue are about neighbor dan through the course of this episode it pretty much starts in this scene where uh, Prue's like, so, you're gonna have sex with Leo for Valentine's Day? This this scene at P3 where Prue is talking to Piper. Yes. Prue asks if she's gonna have sex with Leo, and Piper's like, no, I'm dating Dan. And Prue's like, really? Still? Really? Piper shows Prue what she got for Dan for Valentine's Day, and it's a, art, it's a coffee table art book about San Francisco architecture, and... Prue's like, well, what'd you get Leo? You should get Leo something. Something sexy, because you should sex Leo. Which, Jesus Christ, Prue, really? I mean, I guess out of those two, I would be team... P.O.? P.O.? I guess I'd be team P.O., but... Go to uh, www.welcometotelevision.net to get your hashtag team P.O. shirts. But, like, she's dating Dan. Like, 
why would you get Leo a, a Valentine's Day gift? She's already giving him the gift of letting him illegally sleep in their club. I mean, is there a Hallmark card for we had great sex, but then I found out that you were an angel who couldn't date, but now you're a human again? They are pretty comprehensive. They are. They have, like, stepkid ones, and I'm like, that seems mean. Like, happy birthday, stepson. I'm like... Hmm, yeah. I don't feel like you need to have this step in there. You could just be like, happy fifth birthday, Tyler, or whatever. Like, you don't need to specifically clarify the nature of your relationship when you're getting a card for your stepkid. Yeah, that's a good point. Ooh, yeah. Oof. So Phoebe comes in because she had a premonition, and Piper's like, on Valentine's Day?! I'm not even supposed to be here today. Okay, they're so shitty to Phoebe about this vision. They're like, are you sure that you didn't just see them making out in your mystical premonition of the future? Are you sure the powers that be aren't just beaming visions of other people making out into your brain? Also, she's like, well, the guy jumped really high, higher than a human can. And they're like, are you sure, Phoebe? That sounds a little out there. That is well beyond the realm of anything that we've seen, definitely. And Phoebe's like, well, I guess there was a ladder around. It's like, but he jumped over a wall. She, I mean, she's, they're making her doubt herself. They're gaslighting Phoebe over here. They don't want to work on Valentine's Day. I mean, why? Prue doesn't have a date and... Piper's dating that walking haircut and chin cleft. She doesn't need to be with him. Anyway, I, I do love this because then Phoebe sees the architecture book and is like, ooh, is that what Dan got you? That's a terrible present. I'm sorry that your boyfriend is such a bad gift giver. I'm sorry your boyfriend sucks so much. <laughs> Back at the dorm, the study group is like... Um, we should really find those guys that ran off. And the one who's dating the rabbit is like, yeah, because I definitely want to have some more sex with him. And the uh, one with curly red hair. Mm -hmm. She's like, look, we don't have to, because one of them's like, I think we should maybe find Phoebe and try to get her to undo this. And the one with the red curly hair is like, whatever. They're going to turn back into animals in 12 hours anyway. Who cares? And the animal guys are like, hey. We want to have a conversation about that. Yeah, they, they're having this conversation as they walk into their dorm room, and the guys are all sitting there very, like, we need to talk style. <laughs> they uh, they don't want to turn back into animals. They want to stay human. Except the pig. The pig wants to go back to being a pig. Which, fair. So, it is interesting that the guy's laundry fits all of them. Yeah, those guys aren't all the same size. Well, I guess... I'm, like, it doesn't really fit the pig, but that's just because he's improperly zipped up the sweatshirt he grabbed. Well, I guess the rabbit guy is wearing, like, a vest and a Hanes shirt, so that, I guess, doesn't have to really fit. Hmm. Who washes? Like, that's a leather vest. You don't wash that. Yeah, that's, it's, it's suede. That's yeah. a good point. Huh. So, the animal guys are like, hey, why don't you go ahead? We were all going to talk to Phoebe. Why don't you two go ahead while we take the one of you who has regrets about this and uh, don't worry about it. We're, we're going to help her out. She looks like she's distressed. Why don't you leave her with us? And yeah, the 
they send the other two to P3 to get Phoebe. And, and I just want to point out that the one who is having doubts about it is the one who is paired with the pig guy. The one who's having doubts is the one whose animal companion wants to go back to being an animal. Like, if these other two girls hadn't brought a snake and a rabbit into the equation, everything would be fine. If they had had three pigs, they would have to go make a grocery run, but they would all be fine. I just, I mean, I know it's also gross, but I feel like the general inclination would go, like, dog. I really don't want to get into that. I mean, there's no good choice because, as I feel like I've been pretty adamant about when blogging about Supergirl, you shouldn't have sex with animals. It's bad. Even if they've been temporarily turned into humans. Even if they've... How is the... Yes, because I I just covered the episode where she dates her horse because her horse turns into a... That's weird that that came up twice in your life in the same day. Yes. In two very different formats, but they both involved women dating animals turned into men. I mean, is Silver Age Supergirl that different from Charmed? Point. Also, to be ambiguously fair, Comet started out as a centaur. Okay. Which you also probably shouldn't have sex with a centaur, but there's fewer uh, consent issues. Uh, centaurs. I, no, it's fine with a centaur. But... Then he became basically like a horse werewolf, where he's a horse most of the time. But under the light of the comet that gave him his name, he becomes a man. Because... Because that's centaurs, how comets work? Well, because centaurs are both. And when he got cursed into being a horse, the curse gets lifted, but it gets overlifted when the comet comes by. And So uncharmed. <laughs> no one's dating a centaur uncharmed. They do centaurs later, don't they? I don't think they ever do centaurs. I think we see a centaur during the fairy tale, uh, like when they're dealing with all the fairy tale stuff. I don't think one's ever the focal point of an episode, but I feel like we see one. Okay. It seems, honestly, that seems beyond their special effects abilities. Okay, I would say that except Xena had centaurs all the time and it was definitely beyond their special uh effects capabilities gotcha one of the amazons actually uh, had a baby with a centaur wait who had a baby with a centaur one of the amazons epiphany so back in chart <laughs> the phoebe and piper have gone to get valentines because piper decides that she needs a valentine for leo yeah, so she's trying to look for, as you put it earlier, a we used to bone, but then you were my white lighter, so we had to break up, and now we're just friends card. I do like that Phoebe suggests she get a card that says, you snooze, you lose, now I'm fucking the neighbor. <laughs> you know what? I really like Phoebe in this episode. Oh yeah, this is a golden Phoebe episode. Phoebe points out the, like, love spell book, and, uh... Piper's like, that junk doesn't really work, does it? And Phoebe's like, well, I mean, it's all poorly written Drek and also magic's hereditary, apparently. Wait. Wait. 
did Billy come from a magic family? Are there just lone witches out there in the world? Like, does it... it because I, I, I know it's definitely at least got some genetic component to it because if you're you know related to a witch then you have witch powers but are there people who just randomly have witch powers i mean i think it can just appear but yes it's genetic it's got a genetic component because i'm pretty sure billy's parents weren't magical i remember they were really boring characters who kind of existed for a little bit i mean maybe it was in her family but her parents didn't have it Mm. because your sister also had magic powers right yes but uh it's kind of funny because uh piper puts down the book and she finds a a card for leo and it has like uh it's like a little stylized heart on it and inside it says always "Always." and then she picks up a different card that says for a dear friend (sighs) meanwhile phoebe has somehow had the revelation that the study group trying to do the spell out of this book is the thing that caused whatever is going on in her premonition, which is one of those things where it's like, that's kind of a leap, but because it's TV, it's right. Yes. Also, she's psychic enough. Oh, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. I would imagine really good guessing as, you know, a minor part of her premonition ability. (laughs) So, back at P3, there is a trail of flower petals, and- There's some really awkward camera work following the flower petals into P3. Yeah, it's very shaky. Like, it should have been- Yeah, they should have had something smoother when they were doing that. It's like a handy cam. Yeah. But- Also, it's a ridiculously short uh, path of petals- Well, we know that the little curtained-off area is right near the front door, and that's where it leads. It leads to the little curtained-off area where neighbor Dan has set up a romantic thing for Piper. And I'm like, listen, dude, you know what's super romantic? Going into your girlfriend's place of business and making more work for her on what's going to be a super busy night! Hey, do you like how I spread garbage all over your nice clean floor before people are going to come up? Right? Like... Use your head, Dan! So, he set up a romantic lunch, dinner... I don't even know what meal it is. Also, he's like, I know that it's a stupid Hallmark holiday, but I want you to know I love you. And, okay... As you pointed out while we were watching it, Valentine's Day is very much not a Hallmark holiday. It's a religious holiday celebrating the Feast of St. Valentine. Yeah. Dan! The dude got martyred for marrying people very rude was, saint valentine did not get beheaded for you to dismiss this as a hallmark holiday was he also torn limb from limb yes he was i think he was also torn limb from limb yeah i remember his death being one of those saints that's like super gruesome oh, i was gonna say kind of overkilly hmm literally who's the one that i i thought it was agnes but i guess it wasn't agnes the one who like let rats gnaw on her I don't know. I was trying to find it, but apparently rats eating saints is not a super uncommon thing. I guess there were more rats out and about back in the day going around eating people. Disturbing. Mm. So neighbor Dan sees the card that Piper had bought for 
Leo, and now it's time for the third act misunderstanding where he's like, oh, is that for me? And then he just grabs it and opens it. And by the way, she just came from the store, so it's not like nothing's written on it or anything. And it's she's like, to a dear friend on Valentine's Day? What the fuck is this, Piper? Why would you assume it's for you? Wouldn't you assume it's for someone else when you saw that? Well, and then he, and then when Piper tries to explain, he's like, oh, is this for Leo? And she's like, yes. And he's like, how dare you? And she's like, I don't know what the right answer is. (laughs) Okay, so you were upset when you thought I was giving you a friend card. And then when you found out that I was giving it to Leo, you're upset that I'm giving him a friend card. Also, by the way, uh, we kind of skipped over it, but Leo was in the shop and he bought the uh, always guard. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Good for good for Piper for being like, you know what? I am a adult woman. I've had sex and you just have to deal with that fact. Meanwhile, the rabbit breaks into the Hallowell house. Okay. Okay. People shouldn't be able to just break into this house. It's called wards. Like, throw up some wards on your goddamn house, Hallowells. Why are you all so bad at this? Well, you know what? It's a good thing Leo's back, though, because they bust in through the window in the front door, and that's going to be expensive to fix. Mm. So the pig notices that the snake guy's peeling, and the rabbit guy, yeah, the rabbit guy has, like, rabbit hands, and uh, the pig guy starts picking back to this doesn't seem like a great spell i would imagine you'd want them to remain human for the 24 hour period mm-hmm. like i mean i guess maybe a recorded version isn't as powerful i mean you should still have like eight more hours of well okay actually you know what Are they they're gonna say in a second that they have four more hours you should have like four more hours of sex ahead of you before you start turning back into an animal although now that i'm thinking about it They have four hours until they turn back into animals, which means it is eight o'clock. It is really light out. February. I I don't want I don't want to get into this kind of nitpicky stuff, but it is really bright outside for eight o'clock in February. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the snake guy bites one of the girls because now that he's turning back into a snake, he has his venom back, and he's like. You're gonna die in four hours unless you get that girl and have her make me an animal forever. Or a human forever. Yeah, that. That's the ticket. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so snakes know exactly how long it takes their poison to kill people then. And it's the same for all people, regardless of their height, their weight, their kidney functions. And, I, you know, the pink guy's like... Guys, this is really uncool. Everything we're doing right now is super uncool. I just want to be a pig again. I don't want to go around killing people. That seems like a... Seems like you guys are just being huge jerks right now. And then the snake guy hugs him to death. But before he does that, we get like an unnecessary shot of the snake's tongue. It's really creepy. It's like uncanny valley bad CGI. Well, but he, well, he, he he's smelling the invitation so he can find Phoebe. Oh, he's smelling it with his tongue because that's what snakes do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I still don't like it because it's very uncanny valley. But okay, yeah, they they hug the the pig to death. I 
I'm not sure if they hug him to death. They, they grapple him in a very huggy way. And I think the rabbit is actually snapping his neck, which it, makes sense because the snake is not a constrictor snake. I just, why would you get a venomous snake for sex? Why would you own a venomous snake? Or did she just like go outside and grab it? Yeah, the only animal we specifically know how they got is the pig, which was borrowed. Yeah, it was somebody's pet pig. I'm going to be... She's going to have to have a really awkward conversation with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the, the only one that we know had a human who, like, loved it and wanted it back. That one died! She's going to have to go back to her friend that she borrowed the pig from and be like, Okay, so, first thing you should know is that magic is real. And I turned your pig into a human so that we could have sex. Wait, wait, wait. There's more. <laughs> I mean, how do you even... How do you even approach someone like, hi, can I borrow your pig for sexual reasons? You know what? I think you just have to ghost that guy and never talk to him again. Like, and when he calls it, it's like, where's my pig? You have to just like screen his calls. There's, there's no way to have that conversation. You'll get those cats, Jane. That was a happy endings reference. Okay, so let's talk about what Prue's wearing. Because Prue's wearing khaki pants... With an orange button-down shirt that she has tied at the waist. And then this really huge black vest that she put over it. She's got a lot going on. And it's... None of the pieces by themselves are weird, but they don't go with each other. Choices were made. Here's the thing. I feel like choices weren't made. Clothes were picked out in the dark. So they're in the dorms looking for the girls who cast the spell and a guy in a towel and nothing else walks by and Prue's like, ooh, 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 I want to have sex with him. And Phoebe's like, we're looking for girls who might be in danger. And Prue's like, keep it in your pants, Prue. No, she's thirsting after barely legal hunks. Speaking of barely legal hunks, Phoebe's not boyfriend shows up and when they ask him if he's seen the study group he's like okay first thing you need to know (laughs) they're having sex they were apparently having sex with a bunch of real weird frat guys who beat me up and took my laundry he looks kind of like if you left jason bateman in the dryer for too long oh my god that is kind of what he looks like so phoebe and prue go into the dorm room and they're like Oh, this is so messy. It's a pigsty. I can't even believe girls live here. Okay, it looks totally normal. Like, the kitchen's kind of messy. Yeah, I... Maybe it's because for my... During my freshman year, uh, I I actually had three roommates. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, was a pot dealer. Sure, sure. One of them was an alcoholic, and one of them was a musician. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I did kind of ask for this because I said I was fairly messy. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was the only one who ever cleaned in the apartment. And I'm not, like, a super... I'm not the cleanest person on earth, but, like, I was the only one who ever cleaned. The apartment smelled so bad I could not invite people over. Ugh. It was, like, a constant war against garbage my folks and I actually ended up having to clean out the alcoholic's room because it was like, 
I we I, I didn't want to lose the deposit on the room, so and they just everyone else just booked out, so I ended up having to do a purge by myself at the end of the year, and it was just a, a very unpleasant experience. I was like. I guess I'm not super messy after all. I I was I underestimated. You didn't know what the scale went to. I didn't know what the scale went to. It was bad. It was okay. So my first dorm, my first dorm was actually one where you shared a room. So another girl and I shared a room with each other, and we weren't friends. Um, we were friendly with each other, but we weren't friends, which was really good because it made us both really respectful of the other space Mm. um we didn't impose on each other like you would with friends and so we both kept the room really clean and about halfway through the year uh, her mother came to visit and when her mother came in she like looks around our room and she's like oh my god it's so clean and she said oh i just keep it clean because tina's so clean and i was like i've just been keeping it clean because you're so clean it was never clean again (laughs) after that conversation (laughs) I mean, it was fine. It wasn't bad, but it it wasn't clean like it had been. Yeah. Our point is that this is not messy by college apartment. By by dorm standards, this is fine. Also, the uh, girl who had doubts about the whole thing is in a animal cage in the closet. Yeah, they locked her in. I assume this is the crate that she carried the pig in. in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she's locked in the pig crate. Honestly, for an episode of Charmed, there's... Basically, no fatalities other than pig guy in this episode. Um, no fatalities other than the most likable character. Yes, that is true. It's made up for by how heartbreaking that fatality is. So, Doubt's girl explains to them, you know, what what they did. That, you know, they they tried casting a spell, but it didn't work until they played Phoebe's recording. And Prue's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Prue turns on Phoebe so fast when she finds out that that's how they got the spell to work. She's like, really, Phoebe? Really? So, anyway, the the animals became human boys, and at first they were fun and sexy or whatever, and now they're giant jerks who want to just find Phoebe and find a way to be human forever. Which, this, this is also a thing in this sort of narrative. There was an episode of Bewitched we watched when we were getting ready for the Bewitched episode of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Samantha, Samantha turns a, uh, a cat into a woman and the, the cat wants to stay a woman. Yeah, that episode really upset me because that... They should have just let her stay a human. Like, the fact that they forced her to be a cat again when she so much just wanted to be a woman walking around. That was upsetting. Yeah, and she had, like, a job and stuff, so it's not like they had to worry about her starving to death. Yeah, and then in a later episode, they turned a horse into a woman, and she was like, all right, this is this has been a weird experience, but I definitely want to be a horse again. So then you didn't feel bad when she was a horse again at the end of the episode. Yeah. Meanwhile, dead pig guy in their, uh... In their kitchen. Yeah, Phoebe opens up the pantry and the pig guy falls out on her. And his snout has turned back into a snout. So we could know that they're not going to have a dead human guy in the in their house later. What are they going to do with the dead pig, though? Prue's going to move it into someone else's yard. 
Make it neighbor Dan's problem. It's neighbor Dan's problem now. Prue says if they were willing to do this to one of their own, who knows what they're capable of. And, okay, Prue, are you unfamiliar with animals? Also, it's not one of their own. One's a snake, one's a rabbit, one's a pig. Do you think there's, like, snake-pig solidarity? That I, I, what? <laughs> you Haven't have the you great s- snake-pig pact. <laughs> Haven't you seen the movie Madagascar? I mean, I haven't, but I understand that's the plot. Uh, yes, a bunch of animals that... I think they lived in a circus or a zoo or something, and then they... Yeah, they, like, get out, and then everything goes bad when they're not being fed, and they realize that the... Lion is gonna eat the rest of them. Yeah. The Ben Stiller lion is gonna eat the Chris Rock zebra, and the... Oh, David Schwimmer... Crane? No. Um, giraffe. Oh, okay. Uh, also, there's a hippo in there somewhere. My point is, animals aren't friends with each other. Well, I mean, that was the point of the Madagascar movie. That, right, yeah. That animals are friends with each other. Well, but only because they were raised in a zoo under specific circumstances. As soon as, like, they got back to nature, they had to fight their natural urges to eat each other. Yeah. But they were still friends, I'm assuming, because they made, like, four more of those movies. So, the snake guy's eyes have turned into snake eyes now because it's a badass look if it's the early 2000s. Okay, so... Shouldn't he want Phoebe to make him, like, a guy with snake powers? Well, I mean, he already kind of has snake powers. But isn't that just because the spell's fading? No, no, because the rabbit guy could jump really high before it was fading. Hmm. So I think he just wants to, like, I think he just wants to, like, stay at the level he's at. Mm. And, by the way, they hijack a car. This is completely unnecessary. They completely unnecessarily carjack a guy. Because, well, they're, so they stole one of the girls' cars and they locked the girls in the trunk. But now they hijack a different car because even though they are animals, they understand that they have to ditch that car and get a new car that nobody's on the lookout for. God. Also, as I mentioned, this snake was not a constrictor snake, but he still kills the guy. I don't know if he kills him or if he just knocks him out, but he still grabs the guy that they hijack the car from in like a sleeper hold because all snakes are the same. So I guess he's both a venomous snake and a constrictor snake. You know, I guess there might be one civilian death. It's ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. But possibly one death. So, Piper is at the club looking out for men who might also be animals. And she's like, have you met men? Also, I don't want to have to do witch stuff. I have a date with neighbor Dan. But instead of neighbor Dan, she runs into Leo, who's like, hey, hey. You want to kiss? You want to make out? It's Valentine's Day. It's cool. We're, we're all clear because it's Valentine's Day. Piper tells Leo that he just needs to do his job, which is to serve drinks and also be on the lookout for any guy who's looking for Phoebe because these guys are looking for Phoebe. So, of course, they all notice Phoebe's not boyfriend date guy and are like, there he is. He definitely reeks of evil. Yeah, he must be a snake or a pig or a rabbit. rabbit. Who else would want to be with Phoebe? Also, okay, look. He does have some rabbitish qualities, like I said. 
Yeah, okay, I guess I could see that. Also, okay, I get that you want to do the thing with Piper where she's like, oh, no, my witch stuff is getting in the way of my love stuff. It's Valentine's Day and I want to be with my boyfriend, but instead I have to be looking out for, you know, these animals turned into men. But she is a club owner and it's a big night. Like, she shouldn't have a date with Dan anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, you're literally, you're working. You know who should be here attending stuff? I mean, I know they're doing which things, but if you want a night off, Prue is also a part owner of the club. If Prue's looking for stuff to do, step it up in the club management department. Yeah. Anyway, Neighbor Dan shows up and he gets all pissy that Piper wants to go save her sisters instead of Mac with him. Mm. But, like... Whatever. She's working. This is that episode of Friends with Ross and Rachel's new job. It really is. And that's what's frustrating here. She's acting like this is because of witch stuff, but she's not doing any of the witch stuff. The thing that she's busy with right now is running her club, which I will point out is currently the only source of income for any of the three sisters. And also, because it's a club, it's probably not breaking even yet. Oh, no, we found out. Remember, we found out that it is breaking even. Oh, yes, yes. Last episode when she got poisoned and nearly died because she just needed to have those garnishes. God. She's a terrible manager. Hey, hey. She's in the black in, like, the first few months of business. She's clearly doing something right. Yeah, but that's just because she's a witch. So Snake and Rabbit show up at the club and are looking for Phoebe. So, Phoebe, Prue, and the one girl who didn't want to get involved in all this get back into the club, and Phoebe, like, instantly is on it. She's like, okay, I'm going to construct a quick spell Mm -hmm. to undo everything that happened, and meanwhile, why don't you just sit here and enjoy the musical stylings of special musical guest Janice Robinson? She literally hands the girl off to Leo, and she's like, Leo, you're, you know, I mean, you don't have angel powers anymore, but, like, you can make sure that this girl doesn't get murdered by animal people, right? And I was like, I mean, probably. And the girl's like, wait, angel powers? And he's like, hey, look, guest star. And I mean, I, I, I don't know who that is. I only know because it says it in many places. Special musical guest Janice Robinson. And uh, she has an amazing coat, which looks kind of like the coat that Harley Quinn wears in Birds of Prey. Mm. And I love it. But that's literally all I know about her. I like the song that she sings in this episode. Yeah. That, I mean, it doesn't seem very Valentine's Day-y. It seems like a weird concert to have on Valentine's Day. Like, I feel like, and I'm not a club owner. I'm sure that I would not be in the black with in a couple of months the way superstar manager piper is so you know take this with a grain of salt but i feel like on valentine's day i wouldn't try to get in a big act i would be capitalizing on the fact that people just want to get out and do like lovey stuff right so i'd have just like a well first of all i I actually wouldn't do couple stuff if i ran a club it would be like sexy games and like Mm. and like mixers and like getting single people getting single horny people together well you want you want lonely people so they'll drink yeah and you know yeah yeah that that's the better thing because i was like you you either have to go that direction or you have to go the other direction and like get 
a, a singer that people want to have dates to. But I feel like that's not the kind of club this is. Yeah, no, this is definitely a people desperately looking to hook up on Valentine's Day club. Yeah. And I feel like you could have kind of, I don't know, you could have Dan Savage come down and do, like, sexy, like, games with people. Do, like, a whole thing. Where he, like... Uh, you do it Linda Belcher style, where you just, uh, you have everyone shout out their favorite uh, food and sex positions, and if they match up, then you should get married. Or you could do it uh, Lieutenant Bosco style, where everybody shouts out their worst secret, and if you could still stand each other, you get together and have sex. Yes. You say the worst thing about yourself, and if someone in the room doesn't vomit in horror, then you you stay with that person. I've had a yeast infection for 10 years. This show theoretically takes place in San Francisco where they have all sorts of like sexy, kinky street festivals. I can't believe that the best thing Piper could come up with was just get a singer to sing and put some paper hearts around. Well, the street people ruin everything. The thing is, the singer has like big queer vibes. She does. Yeah. She has major, like, and the song that she sings really comes off as, like, a sort of non-binary thing. Like, her her song seems very about existing outside of the gender binary. Mm-hmm. Which, it's a cool song. It's not really Valentine's day E. Well, certainly not at P3, you know. The bastion of heterosexuality in San Francisco. Yeah, right? Any straight port in a gay storm. Any straight club in a gay port. Oh, dear. Yeah, because that's San Francisco is. All right, I'm, I, I looked her up because... You wanted to know. I, I want to know. Wow, now I feel like I should have known who she was because she has such an extensive bibliography. Yeah. Or whatever you call it for music. Discography. Did you go straight for uh, personal life? Because uh, what, what's the joke with personal life? It's, it's where you click if you want to know if someone's gay. Yes. Instead of personal life, it just should say gay or not on Wikipedia. It should. Okay, let's see. Robinson, raised in Garfield, New Jersey, gained worldwide success in the early to mid-1990s with the Italian house group Livin' Joy as the lead singer before going solo in 1999. Hmm. After Robinson left, Livin' Joy scored more hits. Oh, dear. Oh. Let's see. Robinson had previously worked with Livin' Joy producers on two singles. Her vocals. Wow, okay. Let's see. Her subsequent solo debut album, The Color Within Me, was an earthy, more pop-styled album and was released in 1999 to largely favorable reviews, scoring a minor pop hit with the single Nothing I Would Change. In 2000, Janice performed on the drama Charmed in the episode Animal Pragmatism. I'm guessing her career didn't go super great if they're listing her appearance on Charmed. I was going to say, I bet the full house appearances aren't on the Beach Boys uh, Wikipedia page, but they probably are. Ooh, 
In 2018, Robinson returned to the stage on The X Factor UK as a contestant, surprising the judging panel with the revelation that she was the voice and songwriter behind the international dance track Dreamer. She successfully made it to the live show as part of the Over 28s category and finished in 14th place. Wow, that's depressing. I don't know, she seems like the sort of person who could have maybe not like big fame but at least a solid living doing just going around doing college shows yeah i think that's it's probably what she uh, ended up doing yes well she also in 2000 she was uh the opening act for dishwalla tina turner oh yeah well yeah I, I, I would be surprised if she didn't have a following I can't, I can't see that she's ever stated her sexuality, but there are lots of queer web pages talking about her, so. We're, we're just going to file that away in the probably section. I mean, I don't like to speculate on other people's sexuality. I feel like there's a giant invisible butt there. I'm not going to be, like, overly surprised. Other than the surprise of being like, oh, hey, I know who that person is. Should she come out? Yes. Charmed. So, Phoebe and... So, you know what? It's weird that the Charmed Ones are in that little alcove, you know, like they go to. And I had never really thought about this before, but that's, like, a VIP alcove. I... I this is this you, you, is the episode where I criticize Piper's like business acumen. I'm like that. Sh- you should be having VIPs in there. You shouldn't be walling off your prime real estate for you and your sisters to hang out. It's it's her club that she. That's what you do when you have a successful club and you don't need the money. It, the club, as I just stated, is the only income for any of these three sisters. Anyway, Daryl shows up. Daryl shows up and is like, hey, um... I'm in the opening credits, so I need to be in, you know, every episode at least a little bit. Like the people who aren't uh, Sherlock and Watson in elementary. Right, the rest of the cops. Because there has to be four people, at least, there has to be more than two people in the intro credits or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there are two cop characters in elementary who basically do nothing every episode except show up briefly. I mean, okay. They get plots sometimes, but I mean, honestly, I wouldn't think of them as main characters if they weren't also in the opening credits. So we're only on the second season of Elementary. It, their lives become much more plot relevant. Oh, that sucks because they're both boring as hell. You, you remember the episode with that guy's brother, like that one cop's brother, and it was just so boring. It's like, you chose to be a cop, but I chose to join a gang, and cop and gang can't ever be together, but maybe family? I like that episode. He knew his brother was being framed, and with his dying breath, he wrote, Marcus didn't kill me in his blood. That's so metal. He had pretty good handwriting for someone writing in blood. Yeah, right? (laughs) Also, he got a lot of thoughts out in the blood. Also, like, each letter was, like, nice and distinct. (laughs) 
Dude had his blood calligraphy down. Look, all the things you're saying are just making it more metal. So, yeah, Daryl tells them that some guys who are acting like animals are on the loose and they've committed a bunch of crimes all the way across the city and they've shown up at the club. So, you know. Animal crimes. Animal crimes. So, Prue Astral projects to stop the animal guys from animal beating someone up. Animal beating up Daryl. Because Daryl, like, sees them and is like, oh, I got them. And then... They're pretty generic looking. It's it's hard to imagine that... I guess that guy didn't die if he gave the description of them. Yeah, so... Because that, that really has to be the only animal crime they really did. Right? Like... Did they stop other places to do other crimes on the way? I think they were just beating people up, up and down the street. So. What's the plan, animal guys? What's the plan? Um, what's the plan, Phoebe? Because as, I guess the reason they're in the curtained off area is so that Phoebe can cast a spell and be like, okay, everyone turn back into an animal and then open up the curtain And see that everyone in the entire club has turned into an animal. I feel like the spell ignored the word back pretty, uh... That spell was definitely being a jerk. But yes, the entire club is full of green screens to moderate success animals. Okay, so I want to point out something we haven't had in a while. Alright. VIP Extra. VIP Extra. (laughs) And that's... It's an animal extra in this case, and it's the fact that as we scan across the club, we see a dog and a cat at a table together on a date. Dogs and cats living together! It's chaos. But yes, there's a bunch of animals that are comedically, you know, at the bar drinking human drinks and such. Leo's been turned into a St. Bernard because they have brandy, I think. Because he's a bartender and they have brandy. Uh, I, I figured it was because they rescue people. I guess it could be that. And people get lost in the mountains. Yeah, they bring them brandy. And presumably carry them off. In a good way, not in a murdery way. There's an elephant in the club. That's... Uh... Unwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not intentional. No, but that club is never going to be the same, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, elephant doesn't really seem like an odor one can easily get out of a club. Mm-mm. Oh my god, imagine everything that Piper's going to have to clean up. Or I guess Leo. I guess she can just make Leo clean it up. So they found an angry snake next to an angry rabbit, and they put them in a box. Because they're like, those are the only two angry animals, so. Also, we know that they were a snake and a rabbit, so there you go. So- also... I should I should mention as well that nobody knows where the animals have stashed the other two members of the study group, so they they have to really Phoebe jumped the gun because they need to get that information from the guys anyway. This would be a really good time for scrying. I feel like what wasn't scrying introduced. It's been scrying esta- has already been introduced. Yeah, it has already been established. It feels like it would be the time to use scrying. Actually, like, when they were looking for the animal guys, that probably would have been the time to use crying. Yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate Later Charmed just abuses the hell out of scrying. I feel like a lot of magic shows kind of, if you introduce a locator spell thing, 
it it makes your character seem unwise for not using it more frequently. That was it was a, a constant problem on Once Upon a Time. Yeah, like just don't introduce a locator spell because either you have to explain it away or you know ignore it. Neither option's great. Mm-hmm. So Prue and Piper take the animal they, guys. They tell Fifi. That she has to handle the club full of animals, you know, until you find a spell to turn them all back, this is your responsibility. Although Piper does toss her a pretty freeze on her way out. Okay, so I was going to mention the much darker thing where Prue says, how come I have to carry the poisonous snake? And Piper says, because you're the oldest, you've lived the longest life. Yeah, in retrospect, that's a dark line. Hmm. So... The freeze doesn't last super long. And then we get, like, a comedic thing where the animals are going crazy and Phoebe's like, No! Stop being animals! Okay. They're lucky there's no maulings because a tiger and a lion are both there in the club. It's true. Yeah. Okay, so Prue and Piper, like, immediately find the girls. They're in the trunk of the car. Where else would they be? Yeah. And Phoebe figures out how to do the spell to turn everyone back into a human, and they all turn back into humans and then just go about their business like they weren't all just turned into animals. But the rabbit and the snake are also turned into humans, so now they have to fight with Prue and Piper. Yeah, and Prue just telekinetically throws the rabbit into some boxes, and the snake is attacking Piper, and Prue's like, sorry, Piper, and just telekinetically throws them both into a wall. Yeah. I guess being a witch means that it doesn't hurt her as much when she falls from a great height. Way too late in the fight, she realizes that she should freeze them, and does. Yeah. I do like that Piper Piper actually punches the rabbit guy, and it hurts her hand because punching hurts. And then she's like, oh yeah, freezing, and she just freezes them. Yeah, that's a thing we never really... Yeah, I mean, I mostly remember it as... Uh... The only time I really saw it a lot in an action-y type show is with Xander and Buffy, where his thing was he'd throw off a haymaker at the beginning of a fight, and then he would be out of the rest of the fight because you... You break your hand. Yeah, like, if if you are throwing a punch like that, and you're not super-powered, that's going to take you out of the rest of the fight. Because your hand is full of small, delicate bones, and it's not meant for hitting against hard things like skulls. Yeah. So, the guys, the animals, they're permanently human now, and then they get arrested. So, I know they're villains, but this is kind of a dark ending for them. It is. Also, apparently, because, I mean, they're probably going to do well in prison. They still have their animal powers. But they don't have any identities. Like, they're literally incapable of living in society. Phoebe's kind of created a mess. That's just, like, never going to be addressed again. Oh, well! Oh, well. Piper, you know, goes into the club and she's like, Oh, no, am I going to go with neighbor Dan or am I going to go with Leo? And then she has this really extended dream sequence about making out with Leo in the middle of the club. Yeah, I think it's the thing that inspired the movie adaptation of the last book of Twilight. God. Because famously nothing happens in the last book of twilight like they all go to the fight to fight and then they just don't well alice has a psychic vision and then she 
Oh, I meant, I meant in the book they don't fight. No, but in the book she has the vision. It's just she has a vision and she's like, okay, if you do this, everyone will die. Like, we don't get to see what she sees in the vision, right? Yeah, also she doesn't do what she does in the movie, which is give that vision to the main antagonist. She's just like, I'm the psychic character and I say that everyone's going to die if this fight happens. And they're all like, oh. We didn't know the second character foresaw everyone dying if this happens. Well, also, they have kind of a debate about it, too. Because not only is she like, things will go bad if we fight, but they're all, she also brings them another... I don't want to get too into Twilight, but she brings them another vampire hybrid and is like, hey, look, here's an adult vampire hybrid who's not an unstoppable monster, so you can let this one live and we know everything will be okay. Uh, why isn't Alice the main character of Twilight? She's so much more interesting than any other character in that series. A very important question. But I just want to say I appreciate that the movie kind of figured out a way to have their cake and eat it too by showing us the massive battle scene and then having it all be Alice's vision. Like, you know, good on them. Good job. Yeah. So this does that where, you know, Piper sees Leo and she walks in slow motion across the room and... Leo walks in slow motion back and they start having sex in the middle of P3. But then it turns out, oh, it was all just a fleeting thought in her, you know, Piper's brain imagination. And instead she's going to go off with neighbor Dan to have really boring missionary sex in the back of his truck. But uh, Leo leaves a super romantic note for her in the Valentine, in the always Valentine. And she's, she realizes that like, they have a connection because he picked up the same card that she had been looking at. So, like, that must mean something. Except it doesn't. She's going to go off and have sex with neighbor Dan. Except it does because... You know, she has two kids with Leo and they get married. Yeah. Yeah. Team Pio all the way. Team Pio. Sadly, he's the best choice the show gives Piper. Team Pio. He's better than Dan. Who else is she going to go out with? The the fireman Greg from the later seasons? Proto. Well, I guess Dan is proto-neighbor Greg. Fireman Greg. Oh, yeah. Fireman Greg. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Episode over. <laughs> so, this is a solid episode. This is a really, really solid episode. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't try to be too full of itself it's just a silly story about animals coming to life and wreaking havoc yeah like it's relatively low stakes we we find out that the girls are going to be fine at the end the girls who were snake poisoned by the snake guy Mm -hmm. and like outside of the pig guy dying and maybe the guy who got carjacked like relatively low body count it's just magical mischief and fun yeah. Like, like I said at the beginning, the main thing that drags the story down are the, the interminable neighbor Dan bits. Well, it's it's mostly the, like, Piper love triangle. Yeah, which, speaking of Twilight, like, did anyone think that she was going to end up with neighbor Dan? Well, that's the point, right? Like, one of your choices is a literal angel who was sent to Earth t- for you, and your other choice is some guy. Hey, he used to play for the Mariners, and now he has a construction company. I think he's a. Co- I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, because he, he he replaced that window for them. 
Right, right, right. Which I think he did in a professional capacity and not in all men know how to fix things because this is charmed capacity. But that's the episode. I believe that will take us to our segments. Oh, yes. So let us activate our own power of three. Our first power is premonition, where we look into the past, present, and future and see which actors in the show were, will be, or, you know, are famous. Okay, so I am very excited about this week's premonition. Stephen Allen Monroe, a veteran actor who has been in over 150 film, television, and commercial roles. He's the pig guy in this. He's the pig guy in this. But of course, to me, he will always be Scott Proctor, Paula's husband on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, he is a he is one of those, hey, look, it's that guy's, but... If you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, as soon as he's on screen, you're like, oh my god, it's young, it's baby Scott. Yes. Yes. And by far the highlight of this episode. I I mean, I feel like there's a reason that he's the one that you see around more than any of the other side characters in this episode. Just fun little pig walk. It was amazing. Uh, was there anyone else in this episode? No. I mean, I feel like that's a big enough get on its own. Yep, that's all that matters. So that'll take us to the second power in our power of three, time freeze. What specifically dated this episode for you? All right. Well, for me, it was also the pig guy because I I don't, he had a perfectly nice body. It was a great body, but I feel like you're not allowed to be shirtless as a male on TV right now unless you're dangerously dehydrated. So, it definitely felt like a product of its time to me. Well, he wasn't ab-central like the other two, but I feel like that was kind of the joke, was that he was a pig and he wasn't super abby. Yeah, but I mean, you can't even be Henry VIII on the CW unless you've been, you know, at the gym, so. Super shredded. It's so weird rewatching Buffy with Riley being the perpetual shirtless guy in season four. And it's like, he is not ripped by today's standards. Like, Well, I mean, today's standards are unhealthy. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, they're, they are unhealthy, but Riley's like the super hunk. And I'm like, we're, we're watching and I'm like, wow, his abs are barely toned. Like, mm-hmm. wow, he, he looks He's like just a... barely re- got a six pack. He looks like just a regular guy who works out a regular amount. <laughs> like, he looks like he spends at most... I don't know. Two hours a day? Two hours a day at the gym. At most. I mean, look at him drinking water. God, do you remember that thing with Jason Momoa at the beach where the magazine was like, oh, look at Jason Momoa's dad bod. And it's like, you can't see every crevasse in his stomach. That doesn't mean he has a dad bod. Right? He's still like a freaking ripped man mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. But, like, he had had water in the past couple of days. Scandal. And also, like, probably food. Yes. Did you have a time freeze? Uh, I didn't really. I I was thinking probably the singer, but that was more just me assuming that she was an era-specific singer. Nothing about her style really locked her into that time period. Gotcha. Uh, So that'll take us to our last segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? 
Well, we've established in prior episodes that feeling any emotion counts as telekinesis, even if that emotion is joy and not like... So the freeing the hot dog scene? Free the hot dogs! Run free, my brothers! Run free, my brothers. Yes, that is... That also brought me massive amounts of joy. That that moved me. Yeah. In a happiness way. I, I didn't really have a... Uh, I didn't really have an astral projection, our secret fourth power. Yeah, not me either. Nothing made me want to leave my body. I got a little close during the whole Dan friend card thing when he's throwing that temper tantrum about Piper, getting him a card and then getting Leo a card when it turns out the card was actually for Leo. So we don't do a secret power that is Phoebe's kickboxing, but if we did, that would be more appropriate than astral projection because I just wanted to punch him in the face. (laughs) So I guess that'll about do it for this week. Yeah, so our next episode, I'm actually really excited about the next episode. Is it How to Make a Quilt Out of Americans? No, it's Pardon My Past. Oh my god, this is the past life episode, isn't it? Phoebe experiences flashes of one of her past lives when she and her sisters were cousins in the 1920s. However, in this past life... Phoebe was evil and power mad, and a curse was bestowed upon her that could affect future Phoebe's life. How would that work? How psyched are you? I'm super psyched. I know that we get to see them doing old-timey accents, so that's gonna be a barrel of laughs. Oh, I can't wait to see Flapper Phoebe. Jazz Age Phoebe. Also, I mean, I guess... Grams wouldn't have been born yet? No. No, she would not have. Okay. It's weird that your past selves are also people you're related to. Yes. I don't think that's how past selves should work. No, but they had to be people that they were related to because they had to live at the manor because that's the set they have. I feel like that episode's not super in continuity later. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that does it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. You can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Welcome to Hallowell Manor.